Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of your word. Lord, we ask that your word continue to daily transform our lives, to draw us closer to you. That whenever we read it, we may experience the power of your grace, your mercy, and your love. And may those things continue to transform our lives each and every day. We pray this in the name of Jesus. So it's good to be here with you this morning and uh, back from vacation. Uh, even though I was in Hawaii, it was pretty good. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest with you and uh, say that while I was on vacation, I, I did, uh, I think, uh, learn something that I now kind of have in common with you. And, and that's the reality of uh, watching worship online is actually pretty good when you're sitting on an oceanfront balcony and looking at the beach behind you. I mean, it really does make the sermon better. I get it. I understand where you're all coming from now. So I feel a little more relatable in that sense. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, as Lauren and I were preparing to leave for the airport, uh, we're standing at the door getting ready for our Uber to arrive. And as we're standing there, I was looking at my phone and I just went, ugh. Now I should mention that recently uh, I had seemed to kind of develop a habit in which I would do that same thing at different times of the day whenever I was home, uh, looking at my phone and just kind of letting out that big sigh or a huff and a puff. And uh, every time it happened, Lauren would immediately say, hey, what happened? What's wrong? And of course, her reaction was rather natural because normally I'm not huffing and puffing when I'm looking at my phone, and so she just kind of assumes something is wrong. And so uh, I should also point out that it was 3.55 in the morning, and uh, the night before we had talked about whether or not we were going to call and kind of schedule an Uber to come get us, but we decided against it because we just figured it would work, and of course, thankfully, it did work. And so there we are standing at the door uh, waiting for our Uber to arrive. And like any normal person, you would assume that I was looking at my phone and watching the Uber come to us. At least that's what Lauren thought I was doing. And so when I let out that, ugh, Lauren immediately looked at me and said, what happened? Did our Uber cancel? And it must have been the way that I just kind of picked my head up slowly and looked at her. Because before I could even respond, she looked at me and she said, if this is about the Yankees again, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> Which really tells you two things. Number one, the Yankees have been a cause of great distress for me lately. And number two, you don't mess with Lauren, especially at 3.55 in the morning. Uh, nonetheless, uh, after that, I looked at her and I said, oh no, our Uber's fine, it'll be here in five minutes. And then uh, she looked at me and she said something that I've been thinking about ever since she said it. She looked at me and she said, you know, your words have a lot more of an effect than you realize. And even though she was talking about my huffing and my puffing away, uh, I think we can all agree with what she said. That the words that we say often have more of an effect than we realize. And as I thought more and more about this statement, it struck me that this is not only true about the words that we say, but even more importantly, about the words that God speaks to us. That every word that God says, every word God speaks to us, has more of an effect on us than we often realize. And this actually illustrates a very powerful biblical truth for us. That God's words transforms our lives. God's word transforms our lives. And uh, it's fitting that we're going to get to explore this truth in light of all of our celebrations going on here for Rally Day. Uh, 
And in case you aren't familiar, Rally Day is kind of uh, the, the big kickoff of all of our fall exciting ministries here at St. Andrew. And it's focused around uh, different Bible studies and youth and family things. So uh, high school ministry is back in full swing. And you saw our confirmation program. They were here on Friday night and they had a lock-in and a retreat over the weekend. And our preschool kicks off this week as well. And other family ministries, adult Bible classes are back and rolling again. So it's a really big time of celebratory uh, ministry and things and reminders of the ways that God is working here. And not to mention, of course, after worship, we're going to get to go out and enjoy some of that and food and fellowship. And someone's already told me they're going to save me some cookies because, you know, people are going to be out there already. So I'll get mine after worship. But needless to say, there's kind of this extra sense of excitement on days like today. Lots to be celebrating and giving thanks for. And in the context of that, we do so first in our worship. And in our worship and our scripture reading, we're invited to go back to the source of all of our thanksgiving, of the reason why we celebrate together. And the source of that is found in God's word. And so as we dive into our passage from Hebrews, we're going to see and experience how God's word transforms our lives. Now, uh, I want to clarify here before we even get into it, what I mean when I say God's word. I'm speaking about the words that are written in the Bible. And I thought it might be helpful to establish just some foundational beliefs about what we believe about the Bible. Meaning, uh, these are things that people who are followers of Jesus believe about God's word. And so the first belief we share is that uh, God's word is divinely inspired and inerrant, or without error. Meaning that what we believe about God's word is when we are reading it, we are actually reading God's word to us. That even though the, the physical Bible was put together over uh, many years of study by different scribes and manuscripts all kind of coming together and compiled, we believe that the author of Scripture is God. And so every word written in the Bible is as if God himself wrote it and is saying it to us. The second thing uh, that we believe about the Bible is that God's word contains a variety of different uh, literary styles that help us uncover the many ways in which God speaks. So uh, if you read through scripture, you will find all different kinds of literary styles like poetry and parables, narrative and historical fact as well, just to name a few. And that's important for us to, to remember because it helps us remind us that as we read through scripture, it highlights the importance of how God speaks to us, that he speaks to us in a variety of beautiful and powerful ways. And the third belief that we have about scripture is that God's word works. And this one kind of has a twofold meaning for us. Uh, the first one is that when God speaks, his word brings things to life. And we can kind of see this in a lot of different places in scripture, but perhaps the clearest for us takes us back to the beginning of the Bible. If you go back to the beginning of God's word in Genesis chapter 1, as it opens up, we're told that one of the first things God does is he says, let there be light. And so then there is light. When God speaks, his physical words are bringing things to life. And we see this all throughout that creation story. Every time God speaks, his word is working. And then the, the second fold, kind of the second meaning for us about God's word works is that God's word is also always doing something. And what I mean by that uh, is to look at different places in Scripture that God's Word is doing something. So, uh, for example, in the Gospels, we see that God's Word heals. 
That when Jesus speaks words of healing to people, they are instantly healed. He, he says to people, go, your faith has made you well. Go, you have been healed from your illness. Even when he brings someone back to life, when he heals Lazarus, he speaks and says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes back to life. So sometimes the word of God heals. And other times the word of God convicts us. Uh, for example, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, at the end of it, Jesus says to the Pharisees, who is your neighbor? And they say, well, the one who we should show mercy to, or the one who showed the mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. So Jesus uh, convicts us to go and to do things, right? Sometimes the word of God convicts. And then there are other times when the word of God speaks words of hope, speaks words of promise, speaks words of forgiveness. Like all throughout scripture in which Jesus is proclaiming forgiveness to us. Jesus tells us about how much he loves us, about his grace and his mercy that are always there for us. And there are plenty of other things that God's word does, but again, all of them reveal that God's word is always doing something and his word always works. And so with these kind of three foundational beliefs, we get to see how they're beautifully weaved together in this passage from Hebrews. In fact, uh, the third thing, God's word works, comes right out of the first part of our passage. If you look at how this passage in Hebrew begins, it says, indeed, the word of God is living and active. Now, when I was at seminary, uh, those words are something that the former seminary president would say almost every time he preached in chapel. The word of God is living and active. And I think part of the reason he shared them so often is because he wanted to remind us that the word of God is unlike any other word that we say or think or hear in our lives. The fact that the word of God is living and active means that every single time we read it or listen to it or share it with others, something miraculous is happening. And there are many miraculous things that happen in God's word and the way God works. And so the author of Hebrews continues to reveal some of the things that happen. He continues in his writing saying, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So here is where we begin to see some of that figurative language that scripture uses. Some of that really descriptive language get us thinking about the way in which God's word works. But I have to ask you a question then. How often do you think about God's word in this way? How often do you think about God's word as, as something that can pierce the soul from the spirit? Something that, that separates joints from marrow? How often do you think about God's word as something that judges the intentions of your heart and of your mind? Uh, my guess is this isn't exactly the approach that you're, you're going to when you divide into the word. When you think about reading God's word, these aren't the feelings that you want to have. And I want you to know that you're not alone if you feel that way. That I often feel that way too. I get uncomfortable thinking about the fact that, uh, that the word is cutting me deep into the depths of my soul. I get uncomfortable thinking about the fact that, that sometimes uh, God's word is changing something in me that I don't even realize, I'm not even sure what's happening, that it's judging my own thoughts and my actions before I can even comprehend them myself. And in the midst of all of those feelings, I found myself asking uh, an interesting question. Why does God do this? Why does God speak to us in this way? Why does God's word 
tell us that this is part of our experience when we read his word. Why does God judge the the intentions of our hearts and of our minds? And I found myself in the midst of searching for an answer, going back to that biblical truth I shared with you before. That God's word transforms our lives. And if there's one thing that you and I know very well, it's that transformation is hard. Essentially, the whole concept of a transformation is taking one thing and turning it into something that is completely different. For example, uh, you've heard me talk about the show that uh, was on HGTV and now they've got their own channel that I don't pay for anymore, but Fixer Upper, you know, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. The whole premise of that show is taking an old and perhaps really broken house and transforming it into something that people can live in that is really made new. But before they can do any of that, they have to take everything out from the inside, completely rip it apart, and then slowly put it back together. And that transformation can take weeks or even months or even years at a time. Hours and hours of long, hard, grueling work. And for any of you who who own a house or an apartment or anything like that, you all know that it never feels like the work is done. That there's always some new project that you want to take on. There's always some kind of transformation that you're trying to bring to your house. It seems like it's just an ongoing process. Or take, for instance, uh, something that uh, many of us perhaps have gone through before, or at least we've supported someone in this endeavor, the transformation of losing weight. Whether it's because uh, your doctor told you you needed to or because you want to fit into that new suit or that new dress that you bought or maybe just because you wanted to lose a few pounds. The the transformation of, of weight loss is really, really hard. And it's often really, really slow. It takes a lot of time for that transformation, for that process to happen. And uh, other than going through perhaps an unhealthy set of actions, one thing you know is that you might not even see it right away. That uh, even though underneath your, your heart and your muscles are getting stronger and they're growing, the reality is you don't see that outside effect. And so it's hard to believe that any transformation is really happening. It takes weeks and sometimes even months before you actually see any results. And then perhaps there is the most difficult transformation of them all. The one that God is doing in you every single day. The transformation that God is working in your heart and on your mind is hard. It is daily work that God commits to because he wants you to be made new. And in fact, he in his word tells you that. Scripture testifies to this transformation, telling us that all those who are in Christ are a new creation. And so one of the ways that we experience God's transformational work in our lives is through his word. God works through his word to transform our lives. Through his word, uh, God has the power to cut away all of the stuff in our lives that pulls us away from him. And and through his word, uh, God pierces through every distraction in our lives, every uh, false teaching, every false idol that we put before him. Through his word, God addresses the sinful desires in our hearts and our minds before they ever become outward actions. Through his word, God convicts us for our sin and reminds us of our need to be transformed. And the reason that God does all of this through his word is for our good. 
Because without His Word, we would be lost. See, without the Word of God, uh, we wouldn't know where to go in times of suffering or grief. Without the Word of God, we wouldn't know where to go to experience hope or joy or peace or love, things that the world cannot give to us the way the Word does. Without God's Word, we wouldn't even know that we need to be transformed. Without God's Word, we wouldn't know of our need for a Savior. And yet at the exact same time, while, while we are being convicted and told about the brokenness of our sin, God's word tells us how we can do something about it. God's word tells us that uh, when we feel that way, when, when we are broken by our sin, his word invites us to take it back to him because God is the one who deals with sin. And in his word, he reveals just how he does it. In his word, God reveals that he deals with sin by sending his son in our place. That God deals with sin by the death of his own son. And God promises that on the cross where his son dies, sin dies with him. And that only by the glorious power of his death and his resurrection, new life has been won for us. And through his word, God reveals what that new life looks like, what that new life is all about, how we can experience that new life. See, through his word, God proclaims forgiveness of all of our sins. And through his word, God reveals his unending mercy and grace. Through his word, God identifies you as his masterpiece. Through his word, God reveals to you the depth of his eternal love for you. Through his word, God transforms every part of your life every single day. And even though this transformational work that God is doing is hard to do, even though it's a lifelong process, the promise that God makes to me and to you is that he just keeps going. That God will continue to speak to you through his word. God will continue to pursue you through his word. God will continue to remind you that every day you are being made new by the power of his word. As I close this morning, I want to share with you something that I'm reminded of every time I spend time in the word. Uh, When I spend time in the word of God, I'm reminded of my need for it. That uh, when I am in God's word, everything about my life is different. My, my mental and physical health, my emotional stability, my financial and relational and spiritual health are all impacted by the time I spend in God's word. Every part of my life is better when I am in the word, and that's because God's word works. And whether you realize it or not, the same is true for you. Because God's word is working in your life each and every day. And so as you spend time in God's word every day, I invite you to consider the invitation that's made to me and to you at the end of this passage in Hebrews. In chapter 4, verse 16, the passage closes out saying, Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. When you spend time in God's word, his mercy and his grace and his love are there to meet you over and over and over again. 
And as you receive those gifts, as you experience the reality of the promises God makes to you in his word, his transformational work in your life continues each and every day now and one day forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.